Let's chat about the coronavirus. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. What's up, everyone? Good to be chatting with you today. Had a couple of really good interviews the last few days, and now we're headed back into this week, and spring is right around the corner, and that's a good thing. Um, but also in the news, other than politics, is the coronavirus. And it's good to have a chat about that because there's a lot we can learn about the coronavirus. Now, I will preface it, do a disclaimer that I think that, it, like for anybody out there that is dealing with the, this, this strain of the flu, like our hearts and prayers are out there and it's like on an individual level, I, it's, it's, it's hard when you see someone go through that kind of sickness or pain, you know, it's not easy. Um, but the, my point that I want to talk to you today about it is, it is very revealing, like a, a discussion about the virus is going to, or the, really the spread and the, the PR about the virus is really revealing to human nature. And there's a lot of lessons we can gain from it to, to really like take a step back and look at not only how the virus itself is spread, but the news about the virus and the reactions about the virus are very, very telling of human nature. And there's a lot of things we can do to apply that response or like the good and the bad from the response in our everyday lives. So a little little background about coronavirus is it started in the Wuhan area of China and spread very quickly there. Um, early on, there was a really high mortality rate. I think I read somewhere around 4%. Um, also, another disclaimer, I'm not a health professional, so um, some of these stats may be a little off or out of date by the time you hear this. Um, so just heads up, again, looking at overarching trends, not specifics here. Um, but anyway, so it started in China and the Wuhan district, a really high mortality rate. I think I read somewhere around 4% and then rapidly spread. Um, as, as people got more aware of it and were able to treat it quicker, that mortality rate drastically dropped. I think this last time I checked somewhere around 0.7%. And uh, now it's just kind of doing its course around the world. And as of recently, nine people died in Amer- America with it. And uh, really, really interesting to watch the... The spread, again, not only of the virus itself, but of the news. And uh, I think, well, like I said, let, let's see what we can, let's talk a little bit about it and then what we can learn. Um, first, the, the interesting thing about this virus is that it's getting so much attention. When you look at actual stats of the flu, though, more people die by the flu every year than, by, than a, that are probably going to like have a fatal or mortal reaction with this coronavirus. And I think that's really, really interesting. And that's what a lot of the like medical articles you're reading are like talk about that. They talk about how, you know, well, the flu kills tens of thousands of people a year just in America. And this, you know, this one will, you know, who knows how many people will pass because of this. But so here's the interesting thing about the coronavirus. I just finished reading Ray Dalio's principles book. And in the book, he talks about how in life, as new human beings, we're constantly experiencing new things. 
Um, but as we get older, or not necessarily older, as we have like a wider range of experiences, we start to see patterns. And instead of seeing something as like new and unique, it's another one of those, right? And he specifically talks about like um, corrections or like depressions and recessions in the economy. A lot of people like never see it coming, but when they look back, like, oh, it was another one of those. And the coronavirus, at least for me, is another one of those moments. Like instead of, I, I think I'm old enough now to see like, oh, like this has happened before. And the pattern that's happening now is not new, even though people are reacting to it as if it's new. And that's, that's where we can learn a lot of these lessons and then apply them into our daily life. So what are some of those patterns we're seeing, right? Well, the first pattern is what medical, a lot of medical professionals have been pointing out is that tens of thousands of people die every year with the flu, like more people than will probably die with this one strain of the flu. Um, that doesn't make this flu any less deadly or any less like more important. Um, but it's interesting because the, the flu, because it's so commonplace, even though it's just as deadly, or maybe a little less, or maybe a little more, you know, depends on the population who you're looking at, the demographics of who gets it, you know, who gets that strain of what, depending on the strain of the virus, is like because it's normal, like the flu is like something commonplace, and we use that term a lot. Even though it may be just as deadly, it doesn't get as much traction, right? And but because of the coronavirus, I think specifically because we've given it a name. It's very, very specific and even, even a little menacing. Um, we, we can, we like conjure up in our mind, I at least do, something that's like more dangerous and like deadly than usual, right? Even though it's like pretty normal. And then the, like, I, I, this, uh, I was on a training with Jonathan Gibbs and he actually pointed out a good point of this. Maybe that's why I'm giving this training because he primed me um, for this. But he said that one of the reasons why governments and everybody has to, feels like they have to respond is because it's become such a like big deal that if they don't, they're, they'll, they'll lose a lot of face. You know, they'll be bad PR. Um, but I, that brings up the second point I want to bring up is, well, the first point is one, it's, it is just like a normal flu. It's like normal flu. It is obviously spreading and there's like a lot of people that we should, and we should be aware of that and wash your hands and, and all that. But because it's a named virus, it's getting a lot more attention. The second thing I want to point out is that the media use that to their advantage. And this is like the really messed up thing about media, guys. Like, I hope you realize this. So media literally makes money off how many times people click on their links and view their page, right? Because literally, the more eyeballs they get on a page, the more they can charge for advertising dollars. And I'm personally advertising myself, and advertising costs have skyrocketed. Well, that's partially because of the election right now, but... Advertising costs have gone up a lot, like over the last couple of days, because Super Tuesday, right, is why I'm recording this, and so, um, but also because it's coronavirus, and because uh, there's more eyeballs on the page, and people they're charging more, right, and uh, that's kind of sad, right, because there's this like great tragedy, and instead of like trying to like do the right thing and calm the public, right, they make more money by charging, like by electrifying the titles and getting like sensationalizing it and making people click and making it seem out worse than it seems because if they make it feel new and dangerous and top of the line and breaking news, like they're going to make more money. Right. And so it's really interesting like to, to see the people that like respond to that mainstream media in a way of like, they believe it and they trust it. Like their outlook on coronavirus is very different 
from somebody else's outlook. And, and, and this is like for me, like the first time I heard of coronavirus and like the spread, I remember like for me again, like I'm starting to see patterns now instead of just like get in, in not in the trees. I'm looking at the whole forest is like, well, this is, you know, is this not another one of those trying to go back to Ray, Ray Dalio's thing is like, well, let's think about the Spanish influenza. And so most people like don't even know what the Spanish influenza is. Um, for ones that do, it was in 1918 and around 500 million people worldwide got infected by it. And this is when the population of the earth was a lot smaller. We didn't travel as much. Sanitation probably wasn't as good back then as it is now. That's probably why it spread so much. Um, but in the world, 50 million people died from the Spanish influenza. 50 million people. In the United States alone, they estimated that 675,000 people died. And that's those stats are from the Center for Disease Control's website. But it's like, if 50, like 675,000 people can die, and we're freaking out about nine people dying right now. And again, I'm not saying that doesn't just detract from like the sadness of those deaths. Um, but if you look at like the big picture, it's like there's, it, there's so much more going on. Um, but just because the news media can make a quick dollar off of um, sensationalizing a headline in an article, they're going to make everybody feel like it's a, a bigger deal than it actually is. Right. And it's so interesting. So one, like a, a quick lesson is don't trust the news headlines. But so how does this apply to like our everyday life? Right. Because the coronavirus, like one of these things only comes across every like eight to 12 years. In our life, we have a tendency to trust our initial, like the initial information that's given to us. We trust that information. Um, and a lot of times I see this in like personal relationships or like especially work relationships, you know, someone will come with like some kind of crisis, right? And our reaction, our like our gut like reaction is to like trust that person and respond to them, right? And, uh, and, and sometimes they're right, you know, a lot, a lot of times they're wrong. You know, a lot of times that person is coming to us about something and or, or maybe like someone like said to them, said to some, like maybe you're in a work environment and someone said something that was like, you know, my boss, yada, yada, yada. And, and like, screw that, screw that girl, you know, like maybe that's true. Maybe that person's just pissed off and they're skewing the reality. And so it's important to not always trust the initial information you get to always like triangulate it, right? Like get different perspectives of the source to help figure out what is the reality, right? Because with the coronavirus, yes, it's bad. Yes, it's like horrible and people are dying. Um, but it's really not that much out of the ordinary compared to any other strain of the flu. Um, and a lot of times in our life, little these little emergencies pop up. It's not so much out of the ordinary, you know? And uh, Or someone could be trying to skew our information, like the news, to get something out of us, even though their perspective is farther from reality. And so the way we guard against that is by taking a step back from the moment and getting different perspectives, asking different people for different perspectives, and then going forward with our decision from there. And I've noticed in my life that's like a lot more level-headed way to make decisions and move forward, um, even though it's like a little, you know, a lot more work. You know, I can't just trust the initial reaction. So I, like, I, th I think that's a good conversation to have to help, like, help you in your life pick out the patterns of things like of information that's coming at you. Like, is this information just sensationalized to get a reaction or to manipulate me? Or is this like really a true source of the information they're trying to like, 
be direct and, and accurate, right? So those are just some things to think about. Hope that helps you out today. And we'll keep chatting with you the rest of the week.